Alright, hello everybody, it is me, Daniel D, with A Ghost in the Machine, the podcast, and uh, this is a reading of, and a little bit of commentary on, a recent post, Conformunism Isn't Cool, which hey, this is good news, alright, long term, if we can survive, and by we I mean the United States, in particular, but maybe generally the West, if we can survive the next, you know, decade, their whole Agenda 2030 crap. And in the United States, if we can get through the next couple of uh, presidential election cycles, you know, without stuff going completely off the rails, I think long term, things look good. The communists made their long march through the institutions. You know, it's not going to happen overnight, but we can do the same. And here's a little white pill article for you. This is my take. I believe the tide has finally turned in the culture war. So here we go. Marxism, a great uh, term coined by John Carter over at Postcards from Barstoom. Marxism will lose the culture war. It's a batshit crazy ideology, but that won't be the reason for its defeat. Communism is doomed in America because it has become conformunism, and conformunism is lame. Today's rebellious teenagers will be tomorrow's innovative artists and interesting thinkers. They'll be the ones having the biggest impact on our culture in the next 10 to 20 years. And while rebellious teenagers are notorious for entertaining naively stupid ideas, as anybody who's ever been a teenager can attest, teenagers absolutely will not believe anything that is uncool. So you believe stupid shit, but you won't believe stuff that is uncool. And nothing is less cool than the value system being promoted by stuffy, small-minded authority figures. Marxism has always been foolish, but until recently in America, it has never been culturally boring or safe. That fact alone explains why so many of mid-20th century America's most talented musicians and writers seem to harbor communist sympathies. Advocating leftist views was a surefire way to signal that you were an edgy and independent thinker. True Confession my friends and I started a communist party in high school. Now, it wasn't a real communist party. We were just being trolls. This was before uh, social media. So, uh, this was how you would troll people. You'd have to do it in real life. And this was our way of doing it. This was back in the 90s. The fall of the Berlin Wall was still in recent memory. And the fall of the Twin Towers hadn't happened yet. So, you know, communism and the Soviet Union. That was still like the bad guy, the boogeyman. Hey, we're back to that now. The Russians are the boogeyman again. Woohoo. But anyway, back then, Soviet Union was a boogeyman. The Islamic jihadists, they weren't yet the boogeyman. So if you wanted to get a rise out of people, you'd say, you're a communist, you know? So it was the easiest way to get a rise out of conventionally minded people. School was terribly boring, so my friends and I decided to have some fun. We campaigned for student government offices as communists. Not real communists, just some wild caricature of what we thought communists were. We just basically used the, the term, some of the symbols, but we, you know, none of our uh, platform had anything to do with communism. So our platform consisted of things like this. Abolishing homework, adding a smoking section to the cafeteria, and eliminating Fridays from the school week. We were going for the protest vote, which would have been sizable, I think. Because most people, you know, in... in high school, you know that it's all a sham, this whole student government office, right? The the student body president doesn't actually dictate anything to do with school policy, right? They just, you know, give them little safe things to do to like, oh, we're going to do a nice little, you know, uh, mural here or uh, an event here to celebrate school spirit or whatever, right? There's nothing that's going to challenge the status quo, right? So it's a joke. 
Well, it's not a real democracy. You know, it's a, it's a show democracy. Kind of like what we got now in America. But anyway, we were going for the protest vote. And I think we could have won, except that the teachers and administrators reacted to our candidacies the same way the deep state responded to Trump's 2024 campaign uh, by changing the rules to keep it from happening, which we're seeing now with the weaponization of the DOJ and the FBI and all that. Uh, Anyway, in our case, school officials created a new requirement that you had to have a teacher's endorsement before you could be eligible to run for student office. And needless to say, no teacher would endorse any of us. Uh, that was my first experience with a stolen election. You know, we, what we were really going for was they had uh, morning announcements over the TV. Uh, if you guys were in school back in the 90s, you remember Channel 1. I don't know how legitimate a news source Channel 1 was, but they would basically, it's like, hey, give us access to the kids so we can show them advertisements. Oh, yeah, we'll air this like brief morning news clip, you know, and in exchange for that, we'll get we'll put TVs in your classroom. So they did that. Uh, anyway, to have access. Hey, more ways to get advertising to uh, kids. So anyway, so we were trying to get on the morning announcements because they let you, like if you ran for student office, record a announcement, or, you know, a campaign video or whatever. So that's what we want to do is get up and say like, oh, I'm going to abolish, you know, sixth period. I'm going to extend the lunch to a full two hours. We're going to put a smoking section in the cafeteria, that kind of thing. Right. So anyway, um, I say all that to say that Back then, in the 90s, being the idea of being a communist was still subversive and even exciting, right? Or at least it seemed that way, right? You'd get a rise out of the, the conventionally minded people. The teachers were the squares. We, the students, who were like, yeah, man, we're too cool to take this seriously, so we're going to, like, run as communists, right? That's basically the dynamic then. So, anyway, a few months ago, John Carter coined an excellent term, Marxist, to describe the entitled narcissism of today's cultural Marxist. Marxists, Marxist plus narcissist, right? It's with their uh, bizarre combination of revolutionary zeal and bourgeoisie brattiness. So anyway, I think conformist is another term worth adding to the anti-woke lexicon for similar reason. It's an insult that conveys contempt and mockery, which is the very best way to respond to the Marxist's absurd demands. Conformist is similar to the epithet NPC in that both terms address the Marxist's complete lack of imagination or independent thought. And most of all, this insult highlights how boring and lame wokeness has become as a movement. If you're a teenager today, it's some ugly, humorless school marm trying to push Marxist values onto you. The same dreadfully uncool person who also lectures you about not talking in class and about not running in the hallway and, and, not, and the importance of turning your homework in on time and don't chew gum in class or whatever else, right? Like, take the gum out of your mouth. I'm, or maybe they, that's changed. Maybe they let kids chew gum. I don't know. But whatever it is that, that teachers get on to kids about, that's the person that the rising generation will associate with communism. That's the face. You're, you think back to your homeroom teachers, like the, the worst one that you had, or the, the worst teacher that you had who was just humorless and just, you know, no personality, just dreadfully boring, just, you know, just couldn't stand being in her class. Right, probably was a woman. Uh, you know, anyway, that's who kids are going to associate with. Communism, a.k.a. conformism, And not just those teachers, but the teacher's pets who are like the good kids who are left in charge to be the, the class monitor while the teacher has to go step out for a minute, right? They leave the, they pick the, the do-goody, you know, teacher's pet, goody two-shoes, whatever, as 
they're the classroom monitor. All right, I'm going to leave, you know, Kelly in charge. You know, she's going to let me know if anybody was doing anything, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's, that's the person who's, like, now the communist who's, like, all right, we got, you know, uh, all life, or what was it? Like, in this house, we believe that, uh, you know, no human is illegal. Black lives matter and, you know, trans, or trans rights are human rights and blah, blah, blah. Trans men and women or whatever it is, that whole spiel, right? That's who... The boring teacher's pet who just, you know, never does anything remotely rebellious or interesting. is just always following the rules, right? That's who the conformists are. So anyway, I started working on this post. This was actually published originally. Uh, let's see the date. It was posted on June 14th. So uh, this, as of June 14th, uh, this is where I was said I was working on the post for a couple of days and by way of confirmation that my analysis is correct, I serendipitously came across the heartwarming story, which you by now probably have heard yourself. Uh, and this was one particular uh, headline. It was, USA are my pronouns. Students tear down pride banners at middle school. Liberals now want a DEI crackdown. And that was from the Daily Caller. Uh, and Wokeness had a tweet, which I embedded on the original article. Uh, school officials are in panic mode over kids revolting against Pride Day. Kids refuse to wear colors, and some even chanted that their pronouns are USA. Right? So this is, and this was actually in, in uh, Massachusetts, I believe. So, you know, Blue State, middle school, and the kids are like, this is how they're rebelling. They're like, fuck Pride and, and, or the bullshit that we're supposed to, like, all this rainbow nonsense, you know, that you're trying to cram down our throats. Fuck that. We're tearing down your Pride, you know paraphernalia we're chanting that our pronouns are usa right middle school okay this is how the kids are rebelling now so anyway middle school officials are telling the kids how awesome transgenderism is because rainbow pride is the u.s of gays new state religion and all the authority figures from their homeroom teacher all the way up to the director of the fbi are urging them to be good little obedient they's thems and practice the teachings of the rainbow church and the kids are rebelling by desecrating the alphabet religion's icons and chanting, my pronouns are USA. So it looks like the commies are getting a taste of their own medicine. Now they're the squares whose sacred values are being mocked and flouted, right? So communists were great, you know, for uh, mocking uh, the, the values of others, right? To just criticizing, hey, critical theory, critical Marxist critical theory, right? That's all it is, a critique. That's all they know how to do. They cannot build anything. If you've uh, taken philosophy classes in college, I'm not saying I recommend that, but if you have, you'll, you'll know that it's easy to criticize, poke at, take apart, you know, critique somebody's philosophical theory to explain whatever, you know, epistemology or morality. It's easy to critique. It's very hard to put one together that is going to hold water, right? And that's, so it's like communists had the easy job for the longest time. They were on the outside, you know, poking and, and making fun of and all that. But now they're the ones in charge. They're the authority figures, right? Now they got to put something together and show that they know how to create something that, you know, people will want. And they aren't able to do that. They've never been able to do that. Communism is was the leading cause of death practically in the 20th century, at least man-made causes of death, right? Like, it's a deadly ideology. It's never fucking worked. The only places where it does remotely work is where they kind of ignore it. And they're like communists in name only, like basically what China is or, or was economically during their, quote, economic miracle. It's like they basically ignored many facets of communism and, you know, because otherwise, 
they wouldn't have had their economic miracle, right? So anyway, um, even though things look hopelessly crazy right now, clown world, world, clown world communists control almost everything in our culture. Big media, big tech, big banks, big pharma, big business, big academia, the military industrial complex, the intelligence agencies, the FBI, the presidency, blue state governorships, etc., we should nevertheless be very optimistic about the future. The Marxists appear perched on the cusp of total victory, but they've already lost the rising generation. Communism has become conformism, and conformism is lame. And I think, uh, as I mentioned today on the uh, podcast we do with the Tonic 7, we talked about national divorce, which I'll post in a, a separate article or, or whatever, a link to it. Uh, so anyway, check those discussions out. But one of these that I said there uh, that I think is really true is that you know the the, the left or the worst thing that that happened to the left or the communists the Marxists the conformists the worst thing was that they got everything they wanted in 2020 I mean everything they you know you had the BLM Antifa riots you had uh, obvious censorship and just the, the the promotion of this idiotic narrative throughout all the mainstream media they had the lockdowns the 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 mandates uh, came later, but they, you know, the election, questionable stuff there, you know, depending on your definition of steel, I don't know how many votes, if any, they stole, but they definitely influenced the election by suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop story and the corruption that was uh, known to the FBI at that point that implicated directly, not just Hunter Biden, but Joe Biden himself, his foreign dealings with, you know, uh, you know, enemies of the United States, you know, his, the bribery schemes basically that he was involved with. They knew that they, they suppressed, uh, you know, investigations into that. They suppressed dissemination of true information about that. The intelligence services and the FBI directly did that in collusion with big tech and big media. And they, they highlighted that it's been shown since the whole Russiagate thing. That was a product of the Hillary Clinton campaign in collusion with the FBI, right? So you have the FBI's, um, anyway, let me not get sidetracked here. They got everything they wanted, right? They had a total lock on everything and, and people saw what they were all about. The mask dropped big time in 2020 and 2021, like Joe Biden winning that election. And then, you know, he, he made this sh show like Barack Obama did when he won. He was going to be a unifying candidate. I remember Barack Obama's, uh, speech at the, Democratic National Convention where he talked about we're, you know, the United States of America. We're not blue states. We're not red states, you know. And then look at his presidency. The most divisive, the most ideologically driven and extreme, you know, up to that point. Then you get Joe Brandon and he says, you know, he initially, same type of thing. Oh, we're, you know, he's going to be this diplomatic person, right? This elder statesman, right? He's going to like, restore normalcy. Nope. He goes to even further ideological extreme, you know, or whoever's really running the show, and Joe Brandon is just the puppet, the face of this puppet empire. Uh, right? I mean, they. the thing is, is all this really shook a lot of people awake from their dogmatic slumbers. People woke up, they saw the masks have been dropped. Oh, shit, this is what we're dealing with. This is how corrupt and rotten things really are. And the kids see this, too. So anyway, this is what this is. It's like the, the, the rising generation, they see the bullshit. They see through it. And they see that, you know, that these... The authority figures are really the squares and they really do have a bankrupt ideology, this leftist Marxism, Marxism, conformism, right? That they're trying to push on the kids 
the kids aren't interested. So they've lost the rising generation. They've lost the dissidents in the culture, the interesting people, the, the heterodox philosophers and artists and entrepreneurs and all that. They've lost them, right? So, you know, we've got some difficult times ahead in the very near future. These uh, next couple of election cycles are really going to kind of be make or break moments for the United States. Uh, but if we get past that, I think the institutions will be reclaimed because the rising generation, the best and brightest among them, are not interested in what the left, the Marxists, the conformists are selling. So, anyway, uh, hope you all enjoy that. Let me know in the comments, uh, you, or, or I'm going to link to the article itself so you can also read it and then comment there. Uh, let me know your thoughts. If you agree, disagree, think I'm full of shit, or whatever, right? Be interesting to have a conversation about this if, if you think differently. Uh, good faith now. I don't want any... Uh, NPCs just dropping, you know, propaganda without any analysis or any type of uh, good faith argument. But, you know, hey, if you got something to say, if you think I'm full of shit, let me know. All right, my name is Daniel D. This is a Ghost in the Machine, the podcast. This is a reading of and commentary on my post. Conformianism isn't cool. It is Sunday, July 2nd, 2023. Hope you guys have a great 4th of July weekend and, uh, God bless America, and somebody's at the door, so I will sign off now to get that before they ring the doorbell again. Hasta luego, y'all.